Good morning, afternoon, and evening, Supercoach Elites. Welcome back to another Supercoach Elites podcast, proudly sponsored by our friends at exoticlimo.com.au and our partners at hungover.net.au. Feel your best while looking your worst. My name's Corey, and as always, alongside me is the Bombs Express. Choo-choo! That's right, Corey. The Bombs Express is back. And uh, we've completed, what have we completed, Corey? Round number four, so we're heading into round number five this week. But before we get stuck into it, a little bit of talk about that. Where can listeners hit us up on social media, mate? Uh, find us on Twitter at SC Elites. Find us on Facebook, iTunes, and SoundCloud at Supercoach Elites. A uh, bit of a jam-packed potty today, Bumps. Um, it'll be a little bit out of sync because I'm currently on holidays in Brisbane, so recording in the hotel room right now. I don't have the computer in front of me. It's all a little bit different. Um, How's the effort? Here's the effort for you to get up for the body, though. I mean, it's, it's like no one else. Yeah, well, you got to do what you got to do, don't you, mate? Well, in your case, I mean, you, you're going above and beyond, and that's what we love about you, mate. Ah, cheers, brother, cheers. Um, how'd you go this weekend? Um, I scored 21.81, which I think, according to the, uh, the Supercoach website, put me in the top 13% for the weekend. Won uh, yep. five out of the 10 leagues, including the main Divi 1 league, uh, which is what I'm... Well, which is what I sort of target, and uh, went down in the rankings, though, 850 spots to sit me at 4,700 odd. Well, that's actually crazy, because I only just pipped you with a 22.53, and I went up to 2,040th. So it's just showing you what, what 70 points, the vast difference that that is in the ranking spots right now. Yeah, it's not much, and you know what? It is early days in the year, so... Um, yeah, no, I'm, I'm, look, I'm, I'm pretty happy with this. And I think the the season ranks probably won't settle until after buy rounds, I reckon. And that's when, uh, you know, the best really gets separated from the worst. But as we, uh, well, as listeners would know on this potty, anyways, we don't give two shits about the uh, overall rank. We just kind of throw it out there for the sake of it. We uh, we focus mainly on uh, league wins here. And I'm glad you, bro, a little, glad, glad you brought that up, Bombs, because the one message that I kind of want to reiterate today more than anything is for people just to stay a little bit calm. Seems to be a bit of panic in the Supercoach world this week. I, I know games finished yesterday. We had a couple of inboxes come through real quick, and it was just, you know, calm your farm. A lot of people looking at making kind of irrational trades, if you ask me. I'm, I'm hearing a lot of, like, rookies, I've got to go to this and this, and I can't see all these players coming up, and we've got nothing coming forward. Um, and that'll kind of segue us into round the grounds in a second as well, because that's coming back this week. A bit of a different version um, this year where I'll mainly talk about kind of the players to keep an eye on. Um, the article will start again next week for obvious reasons that I'm in Brisbane and not writing an article while I'm up here. Um, but I think people, yeah, just need to be a little bit calm, figure out what you play for right now. I, I mean, you know, we we play for league. We we talk about that every almost every week on the podcast. And if you've got some league wins under your belt, there's no need to make irrational trades if, you, if you're looking good. I mean... I thought I was having a terrible round last week and I won every single cash league I was in. So I think take a breath, take it easy, relax, and just get ready for what's coming on. Remember, this is a 23-round season. It's not all done in, what are we, game week four, did you say? Game week five coming up? Round, uh, no, game week three coming up, round five. Yeah, so the league games are there. You've got a couple of wins under your boat. belt. Check them out. Check your opponents. That's probably the most important thing. We haven't really spoken about that yet. Check what your opponents have coming up. Don't be destroying your teams just for the sake of it. Yeah. Anything else, no. 
No, I don't know because I agree with those sentiments. Oh, beautiful. Um, look, let's talk about bubble boys. We'll start in the ruck department. We've got O'Brien and Clark on the bubble this week. I know we've got no one to trade down. Is there an option if you've got a zero on your team, Bumps, to go to one of these two players? Keep in mind, with O'Brien, we've got Jacobs, who's about one to two weeks away. He's kind of the point scorer at the moment. He'd make the most cash. But is it worth trading, you know, a Bonds or a Sweet to Jacobs um, and trying to get a little bit of cash or even a, a, even as that Clark? And by Jacobs, I think you've been trading to Riley O'Brien. Sorry, and, Riley uh, O'Brien. Yep, apologies. Uh, good. The answer is a firm no on that one. I mean, what are you going to make off O'Brien in the first couple of weeks there before he gets dropped for Jacobs? 100K, if that. So, um, for me, that's not worth the one trade. You've got to go down to him. And then, uh, I mean, once he's dropped, you're looking then just to cash him in and send him back down to a 102K player, which two trades to make $100,000 is just not logical at all in my mind. Um, Zach Clark, I mean, he is probably one of the worst footballers in the Essendon team right now, and uh, I'm not surprised me to see him get dropped at some stage. However, since he's been in the team, they're two from two, the Bombers, but that just might be uh, more coincidence than anything else. But, um, yeah, Zach Clark, I'm not really keen on spending 40k to upgrade a 102k player for someone who I'm not convinced on job security, particularly with uh, Hooker back in the team. They're the kind of players if you started with them, clap, clap. If you didn't, then just wear it. Yeah, if you started with them, yeah, more than okay. And look, I think we're all a little bit of annoyed that, um, you know, we probably didn't get these guys come round one because I think if we had them round one, I think we're all heading towards the Fornox uh, Shane Mumford as well to start the year. And uh, he started, uh, well, very, very well, in my opinion, 91 and 111 to go uh, bang, bang. You probably would have been a little bit behind in the points, tally missing out on a Gorn or a Grundy or something like that, though. So almost a favourable thing. Also would have had 300k to play with, though. Yeah, that would have been handy, too. We will talk about the Phoenix coming up in this podcast because I've had a lot of questions that I'm probably not overly happy with. Um, (laughs) But we'll get to that very, very shortly. Uh, What about the boys down back? We've got Marty Hall, who's on the bubble now, Josh Rotham. Um, put together a couple of scores, both late ins on the weekend. How do you see the job security? We, we honestly, we have to talk a little bit about Marty or maybe in a little bit more depth because, um, well, for those that listened last week, they would have heard you trade him out to uh, Matty Parker. <laughs> we went and he's got back to back thirties, and I'm sorry for bringing this up. Well, you know what, Corey, I'm not sorry because I find this absolutely funny. It seems to happen to you every year. So you started round one before. Yep. Yeah, he got dropped. And then it didn't sort of come in again. And you thought, well, now I'm going to trade into Parker because I need Parker after yep, his back-to-back 80s. 100K cash game, yep. Um, got the 100K cash game. And now Hall's pumping out an 86 with a yep. break-even of, if you can believe it, negative 75. And Parker's got a break-even of 46, which he hasn't hit in the last two weeks. Not to mention that I've also got Noel Bolter <laughs> still sitting there scoring 14. <laughs> I've been oh, through sorry, his stats. Dude. He's oh, had five. Noel Bolter's had five hit outs, ten disposals on the weekend. It's called 14 super coach points. Yeah, what, what were you messaging me? Seven playing. Oh, oh it's actually filthy. It's so ugly. Um, look, all I can say is, I mean, sorry, I guess. I mean, who did this happen with? Was it last year? Was it all the year before? Was it Newman? Nick Newman. Yeah, just look at for some reason new trading rookies does not end up in a in a good situation. So no, nah, never. I'm pretty happy I've still got four on me uh, on me bench, but um I don't think that was the original question. The original question was more around sort of Rotham Rotham. I'm um 
I'm not too look. I'd love to select someone like Rothley, a good scoring potential, obviously. But I think the moment Lewis Jett is ready to come back in, his job security is no good at all. We saw that um, in the first week he came in for Liam Duggan, and then. When Duggan came back in, he was dropped from the team, and then they lost Jetta, and then he's coming for Jetta. So um, I'm not I'm not sold on Rothman's job security unless this week when we come to team lineups, we can see Duggan, Jetta, and all the other sort of smaller halfback flankers um, get selected alongside Rothman. But the until then, I've got no confidence. The thing that I find very humorous is they've both come in and played fantastic games. Um, and we talk about job security. I mean, who's going to come back from Melbourne? May, Lever eventually. Was Collard Jasney out as well? Jetta. Like, is Hall's job security safe or not? Like, he played such a good game on the weekend that you'd be crazy not to include him in your team again. But how long does that stay? Because right now, I have, I have to ask myself the question, and I know this is insane, but do I have to bring him back in this week so I can get... Darcy Moore back up forward. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's all going to come down to team selection. I assume Bolter's going to be picked, but I'll talk about it around the grounds in a minute. Mario Child went and played up forward on the weekend, kicked 2 2 and pinched it in the ruck. Like. Yeah, look, I, I, I don't know what's going to happen. I really don't know what's going to happen with this Melbourne team. Um, obviously, Jeddah is first selection over Hall, but they're not the same player. I mean, I don't know. I, th- I thought Hall was integral to their win. Um, I mean, there was a couple of really good intercept possessions, um, particularly in the first quarter. He was able to keep them somewhat steady down back, and I, I liked what he what he produced. I, I saw the twos game, and I was speaking to you about this, uh, I think, yeah. last week off air, and I said, see, I was impressed with what he had to offer in the twos as well, and he's come in as a laid-in, and um, I'd love to see him get another crack, more so because I've got him. Um, would I be sold on bringing him back in? Well, pr- probably not, but, I mean, his break-in was negative 75, so if he comes out and knocks up another 70 or 80 and maintains his spot, at, at minimum, you're getting 100k out of him. But, again, it just comes back to that question that I kind of suggested there around the uh, the Ruckman-O'Brien. Uh, uh, is those two trades worth 100k? I, I don't think it is, but I think we've got more chance of a, a Hall or Rotham maintaining their position or coming in at some point again just because of the nature of footy and the amount of injuries that just kind of happen week to week, then uh, someone like Riley O'Brien may come to his spot. Well, it's funny because we talk about it, especially in the Rotham kind of situation, like Gearan Myers was one of those players, that, or Atkins were, were those players that you assumed that, you know, they could be the first fringe players to go. Something goes a little bit along, how long do they have in that team? And and they're just proving their role week in, week out. Um the Marty Hawes, a funny situation again, like that Nick Newman scenario that we spoke about two years ago, where he was a late in on that day and what was it, 156, and mm-hmm. never looked back there from Sydney. And I traded him out that week too. And yeah, I, I just I don't know with these boys. Look, let's, let's go back to the Rotham thing. If you had to make a trade, if you were desperate for cash, it, how long do you think he's going to be in that team? I, look, I, I think the beauty of this is we'll get to see West Coast line up uh, come on the weekend, and I think Jeddah will be good for selection. And if Rotham can maintain his position with Jeddah in the team, then I've got more confidence in selecting him. And, and personally, with my team situation, he's the only rookie I'm looking at uh, essentially bringing in this week, I think. Um, I mean, that might change as teams drop and all that, but at this stage, Rotham's the only one that I'm, I'm giving a half look at. 
if you don't need a trade, I just want to say don't trade for the sake of trading. Don't trade one of those, you know. And I'm pretty big on this because I've seen a lot of people talking about trading Zach Butters. He's earned mm. 80K. Like, mm. you can't, he's, what's his break? Even 48 or something. Yeah, yeah. If, he, if he pops an 80 again this week and you trade him out, you're missing out on a potential, you know, anywhere between 100 to 150K. Well, I don't even think he has to score the 80 for that to happen, to be honest. I mean, all you need to do is wait the three weeks out for that 23 to get out of his rolling, yeah. uh, rolling average. And that's the reality. People for the next two, three weeks, they're going to suck about um, butters saying, oh, he's breaking ends in the mid-40s. Well, of course it is. He's got a 23 sitting in there. But as the weeks go on, that 23 has given less weight to the break-even. And you'll see in two, three weeks, his break-even, even if he only scores 60 over the next couple of weeks, instead of being 48, will all of a sudden drop to like 10. And, yeah, and then I, we'll get another little price rise out of him. I just don't see the irrational, like the irrationalism or whatever the word is, or just make things up while we're on the go of trading players that aren't ready to go out. There's so many people doing it. Yeah, for me, Butters is certainly not ready to go. I, I think there are other players that we may, we'll, we'll probably touch on a few of the other rookies uh, at some point during the during the pod, but there are probably some others that could go ahead of him. But I think people looking at him thinking, oh, gee, that 120 or I could make from trading him, I could actually whack that on top of someone else and do something pretty significant. But... Yeah, I think the message with Butters is, is a firm hole at this point. All right, we've got to talk about Sydney Stack while we're here. Um, obviously, came in for the team when, was it short, went out. So um, we've got the indefinite margin on short for how long he's out there. There's probably another three players that are in that team right now that it's questionable who's going to hold their spot. And that's uh, Shy Bolton, Ross, Baker, um, and you've got Sydney Stack as well. Eventually, no, Bolter, uh, no, shit, don't worry about that, he's gone. Mm. Um, but eventually, players like Dusty are coming back in, Rewalt's eventually going to be ready to come back in as well. It's hard to see if he's going to go. Do you think Sydney Stacks are locking that team playing in the defence? Had some pretty critical mistakes towards the end of the game as well. I mean, that one where he went to kick backwards and yeah, kick the pool. straight into yeah. the full, that was an absolute mare. Is Sydney Stack safe for that team and worth the, the goal at 102k? He's played eight more quarters of football than any of us Supercoach heroes have in, in our life. So um, I'm, I'm willing to forgive players, that sort of stuff. And I just think, look, stuff like that, man, it's a whole learning process. So, um, look, I think Short's out for a significant period of time with a broken elbow. So, look, if he's, if he's named again in the team, they definitely get Dusty back this week. If he's named in the team... Again, with Jack Ross, that's probably going to be the deciding factor for myself, of course. I think if um, both of them maintain position, I'll give Stack the miss and I'll jump on Ross next week. Um, however, if Ross is dropped and Stack remains in the team, then I think I'll be getting Stack this week. But that's just more of a, uh, you know, having a look at, you know, I feel like I want to bring in one of them, not both of them, and just trying to ascertain which one has got the best Can I ask who are you looking to go? Yeah, look, it all just depends on happen, what happens with team selection then because if Bailey Scott, who was rested, um, you can, can't come into the team after being rested, I may even look to move him on. Um, I know Setterfield's got a, a two-week break, but so I'm happy for him just to kind of sit in the pine. And I think Gibbons is... I think oh, I've actually liked two of his last three weeks. I mean, I thought Gibbons played good last week. Yeah, and, and it was just that game in between the last two weeks that was really bad. But again, his break-even's only 16, so... 
He's not ready to go. Bailey Scott's break-even sitting at 24, and, and he was listed as rested. So if Scott can't get himself back into the team, he's probably the one I'm looking at trading um, at the moment. But, I mean, I've got flexibility within my team to potentially consider someone like Parker as well, um, only because, you know, he's break-even sitting at 46, and I can cash in over 100K with him. Yeah, because right now I can't really see who I'd, I'd remove for um, stack. I mean, Scott, yeah, yeah. blatantly obvious one. But I, I seriously think that uh, Scott's coming back in that team. Yeah, look, I think when you rest a player, they should be back in kind of a week after. But look, again, this might be something to tune in. I'm not sure if we're, we're hooking up for another live pod this week. We'll, uh, we'll drop news later in the week about that. But but if we are, that might become pretty critical. There are some questions to, to be answered. But again, I mean, like we kind of said with Marty Vaughan, maybe using him as a loophole moving forward, even though he's in the team now, that's probably what I'm going to be looking to do with, um, with Setterfield if I was to move on Parker because um, I can swing Setterfield back to my forward line and then use Parker, the loophole, Petrocelli and Will Drew moving forward. Well, obviously I can't this week because West Coast are playing poor, but, you know, it gives me that flexibility to potentially do something like that in the next week or two. Did you say potentially move on Parker? Was that where you started with that? Yeah. This week? Yeah, that's right. Nah, I wouldn't be doing that. That's okay. You got the 46 break even in there. I mean, if he drops the main, you off pressure. It's... Yeah, but it's also back-to-back 30s. I, look, I, yeah, I understand yeah. the concept that he's one score away from all of a sudden, instead of making 100K, he could make 160, 170, and then obviously you regret those things and that sort of stuff there. But um, I don't mind that kind of trade if I feel like you can significantly improve my team in, in some respect uh, elsewhere, just to continue yeah, see, I, this I, season momentum. I think that's a premature looking at one or two weeks rather than looking at the season on a whole. Yeah, I think I'm going to I think I'm gonna be fine cash-wise throughout the season. Um, and, yeah, look, no doubt, and I'll be first for up my hand to say that's a premature trade, but I don't mind doing something a little bit premature and particularly, it might give listeners something to think about if they're on two to start the useful. Because if they can get, you know, that 100K plus they've got a little bit sitting in the bank on top of another player, it might get them the league win, um, you know, in the, in the next couple of weeks, which is in tech to make them finals. Or, you, or Parker comes out, drops another 88, you're versing him in a key matchup, and then you're well and truly behind the eight ball. Yeah, well, if you get beaten by a rookie, that's stiff shit. Yeah, but then you get beaten by a rookie and then you lose an extra, yeah, you know, 200k. Yeah. It's, it's a risk That's all right. Know. Let's move on from rookies. Um, look, let's go into a bit of around the ground. Uh, we'll start in the VFL. couple of names to watch out for. Isaac Quainer for the Pies, uh, 153k defender. He's having 20 disposals for the first two games. Um, mentioned it before, Mario Chol this week, I think... If they're not overly happy with Bolter, could get a potential look in. He's 102k forward. Like I said, kick 2-2, pinch it in the ruck. He's a serious chance for Noel Bolter. Uh, Paddy Nash as well is one that's in some good form. I don't think he's going to be ready anytime soon, but keep an eye on. He had 19 disposals on the weekend. Nick Larkey for uh, the Kangaroos. I went blank then. Um, three goals, one, 123k forward. This one gets something, something, come express, and that is Nick Hind, 39 disposals, um, a goal on the weekend, and nine marks, 117k. I think it was 39 disposals, 41 possessions in the end. I think it was a little bit robbed. 
Um, he is one you have to keep an eye on. Uh, not too far away from a game, I don't think, Nicky Hine. He was one in the season. I remember back probably going almost January now, Bombs. He would have had him sitting on the pine at some stage. Oh, the entire preseason he was sitting on the pine. But, I mean, the Saints are flying at the moment. Where does he fit in? Because they, they don't have Jack Stephen, they don't have Carlo, they don't have Canterbury in the team. Um, I'm pretty sure they're missing a few others as well. That's it. One to monitor. Put him in your watch list. Liam Stocker. Bombs, 17 disposals on the weekend, playing off a halfback flank. Reckon he has any chance for the centre field no. role? No? No, no chance. Keep um, what, what I think will happen, if you don't mind me saying, Ed Kerner has been playing. Ed Kerner has been playing forward pocket. I'll move Ed Kerner to the midfield to tag for a couple of weeks, um, put more a bit of experience around the ball, and they'll find some other sort of small forward that really the, the stocks are pretty depleted in that kind of uh, in that region, anyways. But they'll find some other small forward type player. Head across to the Sandful. Good old Toddy Marshall. Good to just see him back. Kick four two on the weekend. So. Um, I know not really super coach relevant, but it's a feel good story, and I think he's going to help Port LA when he comes back in as well. But my man Paddy Wilson, we're all about him last year, Bombs. So I think I wrote about him almost every week. Was crying out for Port, I mean Port Adelaide to give him a chance. 147k midfielder, 42 disposals, 11 marks, and a point on the weekend. Circle his name because he's not far away from a debut. He was caught. What is his problem in the preseason? Was he doing drop? Is that the issue? And you got the club? Yeah, something happened there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I think he was uh, only banned for two games, was he not? Yeah, no, yeah. Come five. back in and absolutely dominating two down there. Um, Gibbs had twenty eight on the twenty eight. I think it was on the weekend as well. So do you think he walked back in quite late after uh, that performance? Look, I think the Gibbs drop in was a message and uh, message received, and that he'll be straight back in. They, they probably ended up. Who they played on the weekend? Yeah, I can't even remember who they played on the weekend. Um, uh, north, wasn't it? North. Yeah. But they probably could have used with the Bryce Gibbs type there just to help uh, close out that game more thought, and they'd be regretting that. Heading over to the Waffle, Petrocelli owners beware. Uh, Jakey Waterman from last year kicked five goes, goals and had 19 disposals. You had him early last year, didn't you? I had Waterman for a lot of the yeah. year, like first yeah. 10 to 12 weeks. He was serviceable. Um, Tommy North, your boy too, Bombs. Oh, this is one that I'll actually let you have. Um, we all yeah. know I am the around the grounds kind of jumped on players before they come up, but I, I believe gamble responsibly. You may have backed Tommy North as a bit of a joke for that rising star in the preseason. Wow, oh, that was a, I mean, a bit of a private chat. Look, this is a bit of a private chat we had. I thought it was almost a short thing to get our name round one and. I thought I'd jump on at 101 to 1 for the Rising Star, had a cheeky fiver on it, and uh, cashed out pretty quickly when he wasn't named round one. Yeah. Uh, so 28 disposals, seven tackles on the weekend, and across to the uh, NEAFL, the NEFL as we call it, uh, Jackson Haley, 27 disposals for GWS. They're kind of the watch list, and that's how we'll be running it here on in. So, super coach relevant players. You see, that was just a real quick kind of catching up with my knowledge on the weekend, there's going to be players that are popping up. So everyone that I'm hearing talk about how scared they are, you know, I don't see any value coming anytime soon. Should I trade early now to try and get some cash? Be patient. These players are going to play. It happens every single year. Players pop up from nowhere. I mean, how many people expected Myers or um, uh, Atkins or any of them to get around one berth? Just stay patient. Anything to add there, boss? No, and what did we say last week? Trades generally come to us. We shouldn't go out of our way to seek them. Very, very good. Ready for who am I? Let's go. Okay. Who am I? 
I play for a top eight team. I'm averaging 30-plus disposals on the season. Mm-hmm. I'm currently top six in my position. Mm-hmm. You want to have a guess yet, or you want to keep going? Uh, and Pelly? No, nah, good guess. I'll give you one more, one more clue. I mm-hmm. owe anyone who backed me in it again this year big time. You owe... Anyone who backed me in again this year... Big time. Okay, so that means we've backed him in before, but he hasn't necessarily worked. Um, oh, Essendon top eight? I don't think so. Okay, so I was going to say Zach Merritt, but if they're not top eight, I won't say him. Well, won't say him. Um, can you give me a clue on position? With Jack Billings. No, Jack Billings for sure. Jack Billings. That's yeah, it, it just yeah. came to me just then. There we go. Jack Billings. 88, 84, 108, 126. Is it time that we seriously start considering Jack? Billings, especially with this new role chain changer, the midfield minutes, ice texture on the weekend, halfway through that game, and just said this man looks like a completely different player. Class up around the ball. That one, it was a two-on-one mark coming back with a flight of the ball, took a beautiful contested pack mark. Is this the year of Jack Billings? Did we go a year too early? Yeah, I thought we spoke about this immensely during the preseason. I, th- I can recall myself actually saying that exact thing. I said, I think we tend to jump on players maybe a year before they're actually ready. And and this is no different to Jack Billings here. My only concern with this is that the lack of Jack Stephen this year, the, the no Daniel Hanabry at the moment, what does that mean for his midfield time when he's when he's good to come when sorry when they're good to come in? We know Hannes isn't going to come into the second half of the year, but Jack Stevens pretty much on the on the cusp, and we know his challenges are in the, in the first part of the year here. But, but that's probably my only concern is if they were to get their full midfield complement back, what does that do to someone like Jack Billings? Um, because I've got um, I've got concerns about that to be honest, and look. I think at the moment, I'm, I'm happy enough to call him a, a top six player and, and we're pretty confident in him in the preseason. Um, I, I think it still is a little bit too early to start thinking about bringing him in, but I'm certainly not going to have a go at anyone that's willing to take that risk at this point. Is he almost an option for Dunkley at the moment? Um, well, they are sitting around the same price, so if you don't mind doing the sideways, then, yeah, I mean, it, it does become an option. But if you look at their averages, um, Dunkley's sitting on, what, 80-odd? And Dillon's yep. is sitting on 101. So it's just it's a matter of whether you think they can maintain that. Because if they can maintain that and you can get that 20-point-a-game average jump, then I think it's worth that one sideways change uh, trade. It's worth the 20 points. You know, the interesting thing about Dillon's is I saw a Brownlow predictor earlier in the year, and he was, he was said to be on eight votes already. Yeah, he's been pretty influential in their wins. Yeah, and, and I'm pretty sure now, I didn't catch all the game, but he may have come up clutch a few times uh, over the weekend as well, and, and that may have something to do with his 126 look. I think he's probably polling too on the weekend, if we're talking Brownlow as well. I think Seb Ross is best on ground. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens and what my reservations are with Jack Billings at the moment, in the, uh, sorry, at the moment is their run in the next five. They've got Melbourne, Adelaide, GWS, West Coast, and Collingwood. So hesitant because in his first four games, he played Gold Coast, Essendon, Frio, and Hawthorne. 
none of which any are flying at the moment. So the next five weeks are pretty critical. So I'd prefer to wait the next five weeks out, see what happens. And if his average is still hovering, you know, if he walks out of this patch with an average of mid-90s plus, then, yeah, I'd be looking, you know, around the buy times uh, to sort of say, yeah, let's go and target him now. Yeah, wait and see, just to be safe. Yeah, I think the next five weeks will be pretty critical for him. Can you read off those next five again? What would you say? Melbourne. Yeah, Melbourne, Adelaide, GWS, West Coast, and Collingwood. The reason I ask that question is because the next man I want to talk about is Royal Marshall from the same team. (laughs) So Uh, you gave him a big whack last week. No, I gave the listeners a whack last week. (laughs) Okay, you gave the listeners a whack last week. That's some names that you've read off there. Max Gore. Yeah. Shane Mumford. Yeah. Brody Grundy. Yeah. Potentially Sauce. Yeah. And the killers out in the West. Uh, what have they got? Hickey and... Barty and whoever Barty. else is yep. through there. Sure, um, anyone who's looking at Roland Marshall will be seriously worried about those five matchups. Well, I think I think they almost should because they've played... Who's Marshall played so far this year? He's played Wits. Bell Chambers. Wits. Bell Chambers. Yeah. Um, and, and who was the other one? No, no, he didn't play Wits. Sorry, Wits, Wits was round one. Okay, McAvoy, Lobb, and Bell Chambers. If we look at that, and I urge the listeners, have a look at what Bell Chambers has given up to this stage of the year. Opposition Ruckman dominate Bell Chambers currently. Um, the other thing is Frio, Rory Lobb, or Sean Darcy. I don't even think they played Sean Darcy that game, honestly. So he's coming up against no recognised Ruckman there. It's not like he's a recognised Ruckman himself. And Ben McAvoy, I think that that score against Ben McAvoy was probably the one where I have, I have to give him a little bit of respect. Three I times in a row. Say, sorry, we'll just say while we're on that subject, Ben McAvoy is not really a player that's known to run with him around the ground. No. Roel no, Marshall's not, not a good runner, and I think that's what the worry is coming up, but keep going. Yeah. Now, what I want to say about Marshall is I think his job security at the moment is really good because – there was late games, well, not late games, but on Saturday, Arvo, the games didn't start until, what, 2.30, 2.40. So yep. I was able to watch a fair bit of the um, the VFL match, the, the Saints VFL side and, and the Box Hill Hawks. Sandringham, um, yep. Sandringham, yeah, and Billy Longer. And to be honest, when we were speaking at Marshall last week, I thought Billy Longer was injured. But he genuinely looks like more of a spud at VFL level than he did at AFL level. So, um if you were worried about job security with Marshall, I'm saying that's a non-issue. Um, but what I am saying is, is that again, the run is tough coming up, um, and that's my hesitancy around it. And you'd want to be sure as a top six. Ruckman generally score more points than forward line players. I mean, when they're sort of really up and going. Yep. So that's a big that's a big tip because if we can get a Ruckman as a forward, a, a, you know, and a genuine Ruckman as a forward, then that's a almost a no-brainer. But again, his name's. The thing that we try and identify too when we're picking our forward line plays is midfielders, yeah. you know, that are out of position, Heaney, Dangerfield, etc. And now we've yeah. got a Ruckman. And now we've got a Ruckman who, as well as midfielders, can score some pretty hefty, hefty points. So I'm not going to laugh it off like I did last week, but I still am going to tread with caution because his name's Rowan Marshall. He's played sub, you know, probably 15 games or 16 games in his career. And before the three games he's played this year, he has... Oh, oh, gee, do you want to know what his top score was before that? <laughs> Hit me. 
93. Oh, yeah, 93. And that, that was in the last game of last year. So um, you just have to – look, I'm saying not yet, but I'm, I'm not going to whack anyone that goes out and gets him because right now is probably the right price to pay for him. But it's only the right price he ends up breaking out. Because if he doesn't break out and become a top six, it's an absolute spot of a move. We've seen this happen so many times on repeat as well. Players having little form patches that we get sucked into, that we, you know, look at the hype, we ignore things, we ignore the teams they're playing, we ignore the run that are coming up. Oh, oh, there's no way I'd touch Ryan Marshall right now. I don't mind the risk if people see if you seriously in your heart think he can be top six and we've got an absolute value out of position the next five weeks going to be tough if you think he can run gone off his feet around the ground if you think he can do the same to mummy except mummy is going to eat him alive anytime he goes near him um if you think he compete with can compete with grundy around the ground as well then get him he's not a big hit out winner he's not winning hit outs He's doing all his damage around the ground. Um, and I, I think you've touched on this before, Bonds. A great look at the weekend was his super coach versus AFL fantasy score. And I think that'll kind of correlate back down as we as we move on. And you'll see a lot of those, you know, those potential 114s on the weekend become maybe 80s. I'm not mm. saying it's a bad pick. I'm just saying it's a risky pick. If mm. you pick him, I just want to hear you give it to Bonds. That's all I want to do if he scores well. That's... Oh, hold on, but you're just as hesitant on this pick than I am, so that's better. Yeah, unfair. I know, they should, people they hate you, so it's, it's just easier. Well, that, is, I, look, that is something I, can, I cannot deny is the hate that comes to me. You know, and it will give the listeners a little bit of an insight as to what happens off-air uh, as we like to sort of discuss in this program. We got off-air last week, and we were just talking about, gee, could you actually believe Ronald Marshall came up that many times? And I said to you in quite a genuine moment, I said, you do realise he's solo Rutman. And then I, I can recall your quote back to me. You said, I think that changes things a little bit. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> definitely. Uh, and especially because we, uh, we, we didn't realise that Billy Longer was kind of fully fit. Yeah. yeah. And when I saw him running around in the twos in the weekend, it was like, oh, I'm going to take a little bit more of a look at Marshall now because uh, all of a sudden this becomes a little bit more interesting. But. For now, I think with the run they have coming up, I, I, I can't possibly do it to my team, but yeah, I, I probably won't hang shit on people for doing it like I, I was last week. Yeah, know your role, play your role. It's what the company line here at the Elites, isn't it, boss? Know your role, play your role, that's right. Yeah. Um, look, let's just touch, I just want to touch on the rookie kind of things again. Um, Setterfield, I've got no idea how he's missing two weeks of football. If Carlton, no. don't if Carlton don't challenge us, they've got rocks in their brain. It, it's the funny fact you say that, that Dusty hit someone off the ball and got a fine, and Scrimshaw's arguably laid a perfect tackle, just puts someone's head into the ground, unfortunately. Um, so, Setterfield, not Scrimshaw. And Setterfield, Dusty, sorry. Setterfield. And Dusty did get a week, not just a suspension, and not just a um, fine. Did I say Dusty instead? Sorry, or I, meant, I meant to say Dangerfield and... Ah, okay. Um... Dangers has got a fine. Setterfield, thank you. Yep. Yeah. And uh, Setterfield got rubbed out for two weeks. But you know what? Um, I agree with, I don't understand how there's a two week difference between the two incidents, but I don't disagree with the two week ban for the Setterfield. I think it should have been one. I think it should have been one. There wasn't much malice in it. 
I yeah, do I don't think you want to protect the head. We had this conversation the other day. I said you have to protect the head, um, but I think two's a bit harsh, and I think they should challenge it. Yeah, I'm, I'm comfortable with where it sits. I think uh, I think if he wasn't a super coach I would play, we wouldn't really care about it that much, to be honest. What if it was da- Patrick Dagefield that laid that tackle? I'd be a lot more angrier. And um, Do you think he'd be getting off? I don't think he'd be getting off, but I don't think he'd be rubbed out for two weeks. Yeah, okay. I think he'd probably have a fine if it was Dangerfield, if it was someone that was in Brownlow contention. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, that debate, isn't it? But you can only yeah. hope that people are treated uh, equally, mate. Yeah, I don't think that's happened. Anyway, look, we know Setterfield's a hold. Um, the reason I kept saying Scrimshaw is because he's the next person I want to talk about. Is he an absolute on-field must-start now with uh, Frawley going out? Yeah, so we, we spoke about you know him and Clark kind of being neck-to-neck, and this week here Scrimshaw said, hey, pick me and, and leave me on field. So, um, yeah, Colin scrimshaw Dursman is how I'll line up this weekend. Yeah, and Scott being rested, you expect him to come back this week? I do. Yeah, okay, cool. They're just the rooks that I wanted to talk about. Um, oh, your boy Tom Stewart, is he... How much more are you loving him now? Game on the weekend is crazy. I know people are going to start looking at upgrades. People are going to be putting people in their watch list. The Tui factor, does it still worry? Uh, I didn't worry me last week when you kind of mentioned it to me, but um, I'll... Not opposed to waiting for Tui, if that kind of makes sense. I think um, I think it's a good thing, Tom Should I said it kind of round one, and I said it round two, and now I'm saying it. I didn't really say it much pre-season, but I think um, I really started to believe, and I, I don't know, and it was weird because he only scored 95 against Collingwood, but I just thought he was super, and then he's gone 120, 108, 124. So um, you, you're not, I'm not loving him any less based on his last three weeks, that's for sure. Is he kind of the most underrated defender there right now? You reckon that should have be talked about in that conversation? In in terms of super coach Top selections, six, yeah, yeah, for sure. I think it's honestly at the moment. I think there's a clear six. I don't know about you, but I think it's Lloyd, Whitfield, Hearn, Sicily, Stewart, and Laird. Like, it's funny convinc- that you say that because that's that's my watch list right now. Besides, yeah, obviously, Whitfield and Laird because I own them. Yeah, I think that is so – It's so. you look at every line and I'm so clear about the back line compared to – well, obviously the Ruckman, Grundy and Gorn, but the back line to me, the top six is so clear that it's just Lloyd, Whitfield, Laird, Hearn, Stewart, Sicily. That's it. Yep. I know you don't really use your watch list much, but, yeah, mine are, yeah. All, mine are all sitting there. They're all in my head, mate. That's where it needs to be. Um what happens if five misses again? This is a question that people have to ask themselves because yep. I've seen I've seen the Twitter people on Twitter say if he misses again, they're trading him. I don't understand why you'd hold him one week and then trade him the next week. So I think this conversation yep. needs to be spoken about. I think you hold again. I think he misses again, you hold again. It's, it doesn't make sense. If you were concerned that one would have turned into two, which would have turned into three, you should have traded um, at week one. But if you held week one, well, you just got to cop it sweep for week two. Um, and he should be good by week three. But I'm pretty optimistic he's coming back this week. Yeah, I've seen a report today that he's yeah probably 50-50 for the weekend, but I don't I can't remember where I've seen it. I don't know if it was a reliable source. but That's okay. If he's 50-50 for this weekend, it means he's a red-hot shot for next weekend. So yeah. um, oh, I can't that. see any possible way you can trade him. No, I don't think it's worth it. Not at all. West off owners, do they have to move? 
if so, where's the oh, best yeah. way to go? They should have moved before his price dip, that's for sure. I mean, what we spoke about um, early in the preseason about how he's never actually, I mean, what he averaged last year, over 100. I think that was the first time he's averaged over, I can't remember exactly, but I think it was 95 in his career. And maybe only the second or third time he's averaged over 90. So it was bizarre that people started with him, to be quite honest with you. And then, you know, they, they all started getting a bit boisterous after week one when he pumped out of 149. <laughs> but uh, three weeks of sub-50 scores, uh, cop that, that's all I can say. Yeah, where do you go? Do you go to Rowan Marshall if you can't go up because it's still cheaper? It's It just depends on how much you kind of believe in Rowan Marshall, man. But um, you kind of bought Westop, I think, anyway, to kind of use him as a ruck swing. Rowan Marshall doesn't have ruck DPP in him. So he you just kind of select, I think, a top six forward if you can afford it. And if that means... Sorry, and this is what I meant before when I said I don't mind trading someone like a Parker. If it gives you 100000 to put on someone like a Westhoff so you can really fix that situation, maybe you don't have Heaney. But if you can, you know, cash in Parker for 100 k and then go Westhoff to Heaney, I, I think that's worth it. If you've got him as a ruck, is the most common sense thing Westhoff to Mummy, the Phoenix? Oh, Without with doubt. Yeah. How many games do you think the Phoenix is going to miss this year? Oh, he'll miss a handful, no doubt. And, and we know this um, moving forward as well. We spoke, you know, in pre-season, we spoke about the amount of games he misses and that. But in terms of an average, I'm not sure what gold he's averaging at the moment, but I'm confident that Mummy could be the, the third highest averaging weapon. Yeah, I think too. The one gold he had that 66 not last week, the week before. Tom Campbell's gone back out. Tom Campbell's gone back to the Magoos and absolutely put on a clinic too. So... I think at some stage Campbell comes back in and Goldie's competing with that shit again. And nah, yeah. Tom, Tom Campbell's a non-issue. And I might speak a little bit later about um, that 60-60 he scored against Brisbane because uh, Stefan Martin has given up absolutely nothing this year and uh, that could become a big factor in Bob's uh, choo-choo-choosy captains this week. With, uh, who have Brisbane played? Collingwood this week. Who have, who have they played? Well, who have they played? So they've played West Coast, where Tom Hickey scored, I yeah. think this up for you, 36 Around in that week. Up. They had um, the Kangaroos, where Todd Goldstein only scored 66. Yeah. Port, Ad- Port Adelaide. Irrelevant. Yeah. yeah. Um, irrelevant. They played, oh, that's irrelevant too, but Scott Wysett only pumped out a 49, and Bell Chambers only had a sub, what was it, 30 games? Yeah. Or, sorry, sub 40, 39 on the weekend. Irrelevant. None of them are Grundy, so I don't really care. Um... <laughs> we'll talk about that later anyway. Uh, I've just gone completely off track. Yeah, talking about Mumford, Ruckman, I think we're done. Yeah, I think we're done, mate. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, beautiful. I, I do like the look of Mummy. Yeah, I, look, just touching on that, I think he probably misses two or three. Yeah. And I think they're more rest games as opposed to. Oh, 100%. Games that's, that's, all, yeah. that's all I'm talking about. The uh, I think he's probably. Oh, it's tough to say. I was going to say, I think he's probably smart enough not to get suspended. Well, he does. So I, one of those on the line, white line kind of guys. See, I reckon because he didn't play until round three, he's got to play 10 games to get to his bye round. So I, I think he can do 10 games in a row. Um, but I think ultimately when he comes up to his bye round, which is the last bye round, by the way, um, you want to be moving him on at that point. 
I'm glad I didn't come off this subject because I did lose my train of thought, but we're back on here now. I don't know how much you've been following people's questions on either Twitter or private inbox or whatever. No. I've seen multiple people talk about trading Max Gorn to Shane Mumford to earn themselves 300K to use elsewhere and then to grab Gorn back after the buys. Not not the strategy I would approve. <laughs> not even close. Sure. I, yeah. I did say to someone, I think that's the version, that's almost the definition of insanity when you're looking at trading probably the second or first best ruckman in the league, leaking points to gain money to bring them back in. I just cannot condone that at all. If you've got Gorn and Grundy, just hold until touch wood one of them gets injured. You cannot yeah. be downgrading to... Mumford, who's going to miss games, most likely, to then bring back Max Gorn. To me, it seems too fiddly with your team. But if I was to say to you who scores more this weekend, Max Gorn and Darcy Moore, or Shane Mumford and Travis Polk, I'm inclined to say Mumford and Travis Polk score more. Well, of course you are. But what helps you better in the long term? Having the number one scoring Ruckman or having the number four scoring Ruckman? Yeah, I guess, look, at the end of the day, cause it just, it just, it's all going to come down to how much money Mummy can make. And if Mummy can make 200K and you've used that 300K pretty wisely and it only costs you 100K to go Mummy up, I, I, I can see people's rationale. I, I still don't support it, but I can understand where they're going with it. Nah, it's insane. You're playing for league, that shit can't happen, I don't think. Yeah. That's I just fair, think yeah. you're getting sucked into two scores yeah. too much. You're going to miss games. Why didn't we, like, again, and this off topic, but why didn't we start with five? Yeah, we knew he was missing games, yeah. Exactly. We didn't predict he was going to get knocked out in round four, but we uh, no. assumed he was going to miss a game. Um, mm-hmm. We already spoke about Butters, the insanity of trading him. Mm-hmm. A lot of people talking about moving Oliver. I'm going to talk about this as well. Have people not learnt their lesson from Brady Grundy round one, Isaac Heaney round two onwards? Can you just reiterate the fact of why we shouldn't be trading our premiers? Look, I'm not trading Clayton Oliver at this stage, but I sure as hell ain't bringing him in. I mean, uh, he's probably, if, and if I look over my whole team, and let's not forget I've started players like Dunkley, um, he is the worst selection I've made, I, I think, in, in my team this year, Clayton Oliver. Um, he's had one score of 140, and he's still averaging 98.5. So without that one game, um, he's been absolutely putrid, to be completely fair. 71, 95, 87 for a guy we paid 620000 for. That is absolutely disgusting. Um However, look at who they've played, Port, Geelong, Essendon, Sydney. You wouldn't say it's a harder straw. You also wouldn't call it easy. But he runs into the Saints, Richmond, Hawthorne, Gold Coast over the next four. So hopefully he can uh, produce some goods there. And if you have a look at that over his career, he's got very healthy numbers uh, against especially Richmond and Gold Coast there. So um, it, it's still a wait and see. It's, it's too early to trade someone like Clayton Oliver, but I certainly feel your frustrations with it. Couple of points I got here. Money's almost irrelevant when you're picking your premiums. Back him in. That's it. You've paid it. You've paid it. It's inside your salary cap. There is no point chasing money, chasing points. Melbourne are a better team than what they're being playing. 
when Gorn and Oliver are at their best, they absolutely dominate. Melbourne are going to win more games. I still think Melbourne are going to make the eight, and they're going to be a competitive team throughout the year. You're getting Mor- too sucked into a, a shit start to the season, I think. Yeah, but I'll be fair here. My concern with this, I'll challenge you on this, we've never, ever seen this from Clayton Oliver. His consistency in notching up hundreds, and we know he's only played two seasons of football, three seasons, but two seasons he's averaged 114 and 110 from the top of my head. We've never seen such poor scores from him in his career. And and we thought he went 110, 114. We thought he could go and jump 118 to 120. He's, he's going backwards this year for sure, I think. It takes four games of 120 plus to fix that average back up to 110. Yeah, but but the thing is, he doesn't look close to getting that at the moment. He's not. I don't see. I don't think he's playing horrible football. He's not because he's still getting numbers. And if you look at his 87 on the weekend, I think he scored like 10 or 15 in the first quarter. So you take that out, he's kind of on track for 100. I get that. He's not playing horrible football, but he's certainly just still, he's still not putting out points. And at I, the end I, of the day, yeah. I cannot justify trade. I'm not justifying trading Corey, but what I'm saying is, from what I've seen, he's not a top eight midfielder. Uh, and I'll accept that right now. Yeah. But we're we're four rounds of football in. Well, yeah. We can be reaction. We're a reactionary species here in the Supercoach world. Yeah, I think I've seen more people be more reactionary this year than I ever have before. <laughs> Reckon you say that every year too, though. Yeah, probably. I'll probably say it again <laughs> next year too. But maybe I just forget what happened last year, but it's yeah, mm. I just feel it's a little bit crazy. Um, sticking on the topic of midfielders, Domasheed, is there a worry now? I think or there's always a worry. Reactionary? Well, it's very reactionary, but gaps back in. He scored three goals last, sorry, two weeks back now to notch up 110 or whatever he scored and did a kick goal on the weekend and only ended up with a 60-something odd goal. I was quite clear, I thought, in the preseason anyways, that I thought Sheed was always going to start the world on fire and that he'd have a little form patch and he'd come back to reality now. So um, I think one more week of this kind of performance and then you've got no choice but to move him on. So I'd like to see one more week. Break even of 90, so I don't think it hurts holding him for one more. Yeah. It's a small loss if he doesn't hit it, I think. Is, is Tom Rockliffe a serious chance for a top eight midfielder? Probably here on in because you've got to take that getting KO'd score into account. I, yeah, without doubt. He's, you know he's only 28%, 28% of teams, Tom Rockliffe. He got knocked I, out last week. That's pretty high. He's averaging 107.5 with a score of 36 in that. I mean, just think about that for a second, Corey. His average should be like 130. Oh, um, I didn't expect a player that was knocked out the week before to come out and do what he did on the weekend. Well, neither was I, and I don't think any of us were. But Richmond's game is suited um, to players like Tom Rockliffe. And interestingly enough, I didn't want to make it too port-focused my captains last week, but I actually wrote about the both of them. And then just as I was posting, I thought, nah, Bob, don't be a dickhead. Take Tom Rockliffe out of this. <laughs> and he ended up scoring more than Travis Boak, just like four or six points or whatever it was. But... um. 
Yeah, no, he, he's certainly a genuine option. I mean, we know this is someone who's averaged 130 before, and, you know, I think you were surprised in the preseason by my optimism around him. I was, I was happy, and I was actually looking to bring him in at the end of round two, but I went Tim Kelly instead, and, um, yeah, there's no reason, well, the only reason you can't select Tom Rockliffe is his injury history. I think that, that can't be ignored, but he remains injury-free. Certainly, I think there's going to be a lot more than 28% of teams are holding him come finals time. Brad Crouch. Now, yeah. we had a bit of an off, off-air conversation today over the over text message in a private super coach group we've got going on. Has your opinion of Brad Crouch changed since then? or? Oh, I, I think my opinion of Brad Crouch is quite much... Look, it lines up a fair bit to uh, Donna Sheik. However, the reason why I was talking to you about potentially moving him on was because, for me, it only costs... It, it's barely going to cost me a trade to get Brad Crouch to someone like Bonson Pally, who I'm really big on at the moment. So um, that's kind of what's going through my head. Um However, thinking about, you know, Dom Sheed and, you know, the kind of the points I just suggested about him, I don't see Brad Crouch any, in any different bro, boat to um, Dom Sheed. However, the his ceiling is, for me, is not good enough. I mean, we've seen him get 30 touches and kick goals in games and he's got a top score of 114. For me, that's just not enough. And I think he would he's going to max out at an absolute top end of 500,000 unless he can show an ability to score like a 140 or 150 somewhere along the way. And with the numbers he's producing and he's not getting even 120s at the moment, I can't see the 150 happening. I think there'll be a 130 plus in there very shortly. I'm very optimistic about Brad. Um, and there's no way I'm trading it. He's a hold to the back end of the season. I've seen a couple of people talk about it though. Yeah. Quite a few. Yeah. I wouldn't be trading him now, not 460. I think he, he gets he gets you a little while. Um, same topic. I know I've brought up a lot of plays today, but those who, are looking, those who are looking at bringing out Williams. Who's Williams? Zach Williams, defender. <laughs> yeah, no, that was, that was more of a joke than anything. Okay. Yeah, the, the, dud, the dud at halfback. Um, why we just started, honestly. Yeah. Uh, I know we were big in the preseason that you couldn't go anywhere near him. He's averaging 84 and a half, which isn't the worst thing for a defender. 60 on the weekend was pretty bad. Again, I mean, you're paying 400k for a bloke who you thought might be able to average 90, and he's not too far off that. So you get a vengeance now. Again, I was going to say we said you could only pick him if he seriously thought he was a sniff the top six. Um, There's I'm no way near that. A lot of people moving in for the likes of Whitfield or Lloyd or something at the moment. Do you condone yeah. that? Oh, yeah. for sure. Are you sure. paying premium price for those players? Yeah, but you pay premium price for premium scoring. Oh, I thought you were going to say premium price for premium scores. So I was going to love that then. But, yeah, that is... Well, uh, now, Lockie, 129.25. <laughs> now, when Bob tells you he's got his number one defender lined up for the year, you just listen to the man, do you not? I did say last week, no matter who you say next year, I'm going to pick him. <laughs> and that's when the jigs will start. Yeah, exactly. Oh, I've got Whitfield anyway. He's free. Yeah. He's an absolute gun. Um, are you worried about the Kelly tag? Um, no. Well, yes. 
because <laughs> no, well, well yeah. there are two things I want to say. If you split his first half and his second half, he scored more with the tag in the first half than he did without the tag in the second <laughs> half. So I find I found that bit absolutely easy. Um, but what this says to teams is that hold on a minute, you could probably get in this bloke's head here and, and take him out of the game when you can't really do that to a danger, although the ball showed that maybe you can. So, um, yeah, I do have a slight concern, but I think with Cali, and I, I kind of knew this as well when I ref, when I, before I brought him in, I reflected on his 2018, and you have a look, and he had consistent scores throughout the year where he only scored like a 40 or 50, had like three or four of them, and I just thought, being another year old on more midfield time, that he might be able to iron a few of those out or get those really bad scores up to a 60, 65, 70. But he's shown that maybe he's just going to replicate what he done last year. The reality is, is that if he's just going to replicate what he done last year, he's going to be a top six anyway, in my opinion. So I'm not all that uh, scared by him. And look, I just think it's a good opportunity for people to jump on when he bottoms out at like 450k. Let the good times roll. Yeah. Why are you not worried about Josh Dungley? Because he's been so bad and he's averaging 81. I don't know. Honestly, I don't know. He's not touching the ball. He's not impacting games. He's averaging over 80. And like I said last week, when he bottoms down, like in terms of his price, he's probably going to be sitting at, what, 420-ish, I'd imagine. And it's not far from where he is at the moment. So for me, I'll let him sit there. And I'm just going to hope that he can turn the corner and hope that maybe, I mean, we don't like wishing injuries on people, but maybe there's an injury in the dog's midfield. And uh, all of a sudden he gets a tap on the shoulder and says, hey, uh, big boy, we need you back in there. And, um, yeah, we'll, we'll go from there. For me at the moment, I mean, I'm sitting pretty comfortably. I don't think I need to make trades. Um, so he's not going to bleed me too much cash. And I think if he did bleed Another 40 or 50, I've probably got enough rookies there to sort of make it up. So, yeah, I'm not worried about it. One centre bounce attended on the weekend for a clearance and 14 supercoach points. Yeah, right. well, we know yeah. it's good. Bevo can beat it from me. But the thing is, he had 17 centre bounce attendances two, two weeks ago for nothing. <laughs> and probably, probably scored 14 points from all 17. So, who knows? You know. they got a pretty good fixture coming up too, so there might be more midfield time for it. They have a really good run with the dogs, and that's something that was weighing on my mind when I was talking to you about Brad Crash to Bont and Pally. Are you not worried that Bont might go sit forward with a good run? Uh, honestly, Bont's time in the forward line is done, and I'd be very surprised, and I mean very surprised, if he was to average sub-120 this year. Very throwaway line, but I did text you the other day. That reminds me that that Bont McRae liver reminds me so much of Beams, Pendles, and Swanee back in the day too. Yeah, liver's not going to maintain this, but I think McRae and Bond lock and lock. Yeah, no, pretty good. Uh, speaking of that, Lockie Neal versus McRae changed tune yet? No, I'll still take McRae over Neal. Yeah, I'll be be taking Lockie. Remember last week? What'd you say? You told me we was getting tagged this week or some shit and. Couldn't back it up and blah, blah, blah. Did but didn't yeah. I? Didn't I? I'm pretty sure. No, hold on a minute. You were having a sook to me because I told you to VC Lockie Neal this week and you were upset that you didn't VC Grundy. No, no, no. This was last week's pod. Oh, I can look at screenshots this week. No, but I said last week's pod. Oh, you sorry. can't screenshot a pod. 
Well, I can voice, I can voice play probably. Yeah, no, um, and you'll it'll prove that I'm right. <laughs> yeah, maybe I will go back then. What does what do you religion I said I said about him then? Uh, that he can't keep this up. He's going to get tagged. Yeah, he's too anyway. small. Blah blah blah. No, I would have never said anything about his side because I love small players. And you should know that. Um, but God's no, freak. He's something. If you're going to if you're going to sit there and tell me he can keep up an average of. 146, then I think you might be on a bit of a pipe dream there because there's no... The f- funniest thing that I heard you say last week, that if Grundy didn't average 150, you weren't... If, sorry, Grundy didn't score 150 last week, you weren't taking it because you're taking Krupa. Yeah. <laughs> no, it was 140. I told you if he didn't score oh, eight, it would have been right too. Yeah, no. and you and got he, it right, man. He I, told you that pre, I told you that pre-game. I said if Grundy didn't was, score 140, I would be taking Crips today. I just was knew Cripper it. on nine at quarter time? Was that not? Was he it? was on, yeah, he was on absolutely nothing. That, That's crazy. From, from second quarter onwards, that was a 200-point game from Crips. That's insane. That's actually and you, insane. you know what actually went through my head when I said to you, um, you know, I'll... I'm only gonna. I would have taken Crips if Grundy scored a 140. When I saw his quarter time score, I just said to myself, "I go shit, lucky Grundy scored 160." <laughs> <laughs> no, it's good. Absolutely dominated that. All right, let's quickly bust through. We're just answering a couple questions this week. Um, Lucas Bernardo should Dunkley be traded to both? No. If you had the cash there, would you? If sorry, if it cost you one trade, yes. Yeah, I don't mind it if it cost you one. How's me last week when I've done it and then reversed it? Too late for me now. Um, Joshua Mox 17, or Josiah Mox 17. Um, who are the fallen primos that we should be looking out for this round slash next couple of rounds? P.S. He went Dunkley to Marshall last week. Yeah, I'm not... You bookmarked anyone? I'm not sure if there's many fallen primos per se, but I think Rory Laird is being given a lot of disrespect and... He's sitting at 530K, scores of 102, 89, 84, 106, break even of 123. I wouldn't mind waiting another week. And if he sits right on that 500K price, I'll be pouncing like anything. Yeah, the ones that I like, um, Josh Kelly uh, with a break even of 152 and Gaff with a break even of 136. I think Gaff's going to do it again where he's probably not going to score you, you know, 140s, 150s on a regular basis, but you're probably going to get a flat line one. 05 to 120. Every single week. Yep. Yeah. No, that makes sense with Gaff. Um, yeah, I don't know if there's other fallen primos per se, but, you know, the ones I'm certainly keeping an eye on, players like Hearn, Stewart, um, Bonton Valley, I think at 588, it's an absolute bargain still, to be honest. Um, Laird, like I said, Kelly, I totally agree with too. Yeah, no, there's a couple. Um, Jared Carter, good day, lads. Keep up the bloody great work and absolutely love the podcast. Cheers, mate. Yes, mate. He said they're, they're a highlight of his weeks. Oh, first things first, Bonds, he brought in Marsh last week. Well, that's okay. Hey, you know what? Good on him. Good on him because uh, with great... Oh, sorry. Risk... No, no, no. He didn't bring him out. I hope everyone got Big Marsh last week and let Bonds know about it. Can't wait to oh. see him drop off the radar in the second half of the season. He's on your side this month. Oh, he's on my side. Well, yeah. it's not often that I like our listeners, but this might be one on the watch this week. Nah, you're not, because get ready. <laughs> and when's Brett coming back on? I reckon he brings more vital oh, information oh, into the squad. No. Nah, he said you're all good, Bonds. He's just slapping you in the taco. Okay, there we go. Wow. Um, on a serious note, Dunkley for some decent scores. Uh, on a serious note, I've been holding Dunkley for some decent scores, but not satisfied. 
Um, some options besides, is there any other option besides Boke being the obvious one? And when's the Cum Express going to stop firing blanks and get one off? <laughs> okay, boys, I'm done for the week before the missus unplugs the internet. Cheers. Um, any other option for Dunkley trade? In the forward line, I don't think there is. Um, Billings, Kelly. The funny thing is, is so far, we've, we've got four weeks of data. And the only player to have a consistent start to the season is Boak. So I think you get yeah. every chance to bring someone in who's going to score you a 60. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, next one, Tommy Douglas. Hey, guys, when are you bringing back around the grounds this year? Well, tonight, mate, and next week. Um, <laughs> love the intel to the reserves game and the future of rookies. Look for. And is Bretta ever going back on, or is he too, or is he too good for the podcast now? Boss, do you want to answer that for Bretta? You know what the thing is, I don't know why you shoot to me like I've got inside news on Brett. I've said this numerous times. The only time I've ever had any sort of lines of communication with that fella is honestly on the podcast. We don't speak before, we don't speak after, we don't speak during the week. We do absolutely nothing. We have no communication with each other. I hate the bloke's guts. You're his best mate. I'm, I'm trying to. I'm trying to get intel off you. So if you wouldn't mind answering the question for us, mate. I just like you talking about Bretta. Um, he's got work commitments <laughs> at the moment. He hasn't ruled out coming back for some pods this year, though. No, fairly, Corey. If we're going to start employing part-time team members here down at the elites, I might just put myself on a part-time basis too. <laughs> should be, hopefully, should be back next year in a full-time role, though. See how we go. Yeah. If you have anything to say about it, you probably won't be. Well, if I had anything to say about it, I would have retired Brett about fourteen years ago before the <laughs> podcast started. <laughs> Ready, Bonds here's another one for you, Billy there Sloan. No, oh, Bill Sloan. Can't believe how much Bond is going under the radar. He's playing full-time mid. The guy's impact on games in the midfield is huge. If he kicked three goals in the match, which he should have, he would have been the most talked-about player with Lockie Neal. Do you think a correctional trade from Sheed to Bond is a good idea? Cheers, legends. I absolutely love it. I mean, uh, I assume the bloke listens every week. I don't think I've been sending him under the radar. I don't think I could be more positive about the Bonson Pally right now. Which is the first time in your life, so... First time in my life I've ever supported the selection of Bonson Pally. And it's no surprise he's producing 126. Sometimes all players need is my blessing. And he's got it. <laughs> 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 uh, this, is, this is a man that won a best and fairest in a grand final year. And you're saying that your blessing is all he needed. Well, um, it's, it's certainly it's certainly sent something up his rocket to make him produce this on. Second half of the question. In what order from highest average to lowest from here on in? Dunkley, Williams, Sheed, Marshall. A couple of different positions there, but... Dunkley? Williams, Williams. Sheed, Marshall. Oh, that is hard. Um... It's going to be funny because I'm going to say Marshall. That's um, one. Yeah. Wow. Well, what's he done to suggest that he's not going to be number one over the other guys? And yeah, not from three games of data in 2019. Nothing wrong. I'm going to say it. Yeah, you've never seen a more polar opposite bombs from last week to this week. I'm going to say it's going to be um, Marshall, Sheed, Dunkley, Williams. Marshall, Sheed, Dunkley, Williams. I don't mind that. Yeah. Just depends. There's so many variables to this question, though. Like, if Dunkley can somehow get some more midfield minutes, he automatically becomes one for me. Yeah, but, but I, at the moment, me. I can't see it. I probably agree with you, all right? Yeah. Hey, um, Jonathan... Me when I said Marshall first. <laughs> Jonathan Cram, six. Nah, I'm just 
it's just funny from one week to the next. Owing to the Saints game on Sunday, Roel Marshall was everywhere, went off with most of the third quarter and still scored 119. He's the best Fruckman Saints have ever had. I traded Setterfield for Marshall an hour before the Carlton game because I thought that that's what I thought. What would Britta do? I believe he'll be top three <laughs> forward this year and looks like a genuine superstar. As a Saints fan, I'm in love. What are you going to do this week to get him in the bottom six for us? Oh, fairly good. This bloke is, if he's got a mind, if he's got a sort of a mind, that, uh, not, I'm trying to find the right word. If he's in the frame of mind, I think that's the right term. I'm not even sure. But if he's in the frame of mind to start thinking about what would Britta do, fair you can this bloke needs to have a look in the mirror at himself and just reevaluate his entire life, I would have thought. I think I need to get Brett to just go read the forums this week. I think he'll (laughs) really enjoy it. Um, Just to anyone that sent in any team questions this week as well, I'm going to go through and jump on and answer them all um, with a private message too, just because of the length of this pod and the time and everything else that's going on. Um, Max Teratuta, my mate from last week. I like this guy. He's good. Hey, Legends, it's happening again. I held last week and now I'm 48 overall with 30 trades left. This is the bloke that we talked into not trading last week. Starting to think about buy rounds, but it's not really sure what he's not really sure what to think. Any suggestions on how to prepare? I'm holding again this week with rookie prices still not quite reaching maturity yet and no real concerns on field except for, per, for perhaps Oliver averaging 98.5. I love this guy. Yeah, well, I think your buy rounds are almost irrelevant currently um, until we know what kind of rookies will be hanging around at that point. So yeah. obviously the rookies right now are going to look considerably different to what it's going to look like later. And you've almost just got to forecast what rookies are going to be in your team at around that stage. And that may impact, you know, let's say you're deciding between, I don't know, Bonson Pally and Gaff, right? Or, or, you know, Merritt or throw, you know, yeah. someone else in there, right? Then we player have a, look a at, B, player B in yeah. different buy round. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so you've almost got to forecast what your rookies are going to look like, how many players you'll have to play in that game. And whether or not you want to bring in player A or player B, depending on which kind of buys they play to help balance things out and that sort of stuff. So I think it is a little bit too early to think about that, um, even though I've kind of floated that it should be in the back of our mind. So I'm happy it's in the back of mind now because that'll, that'll put you in a good position to start forecasting your team and your rookies in the coming weeks. And not to mention that he's still got 30 trades sitting there. So this is probably the most important thing you can talk about is the longer you can hold 30 trades and still look good, the better you are long-term, you know, moving forward when you are trading, um, looking at those plays and kind of making riskier moves later on. Having so many trades now almost helps when you get to the back end of the season. And this is something that I like to do if I've got trades, getting an M11 or getting an M9 or 10, you know, that can really help you out. You can't complain there. I think it's going to help him heaps. Yeah, I mean, I'm also a believer of you don't just, even though we don't have to use trades, I think if you can still make improvements to your team, you go ahead and make them as long as you're not wasting the trades and your team's progressing forward. Yeah. Well, clearly this bloke doesn't need to make a trade because right now I wouldn't condone trading Oliver just because he's averaging 98 because he could come out and score 160 this weekend. Yeah, he could, but in, but like so, my position would be if it costs you four thousand dollars to do Oliver to Bond, 
and you're pretty confident Oliver's not a top eight and you're very confident Bond is, which I am, you got 30 trades sitting there, all of a sudden, I don't know, you've, yeah, nah, to me, nah, something nah, like that improves your team. You would have to, you would have to seriously have danger signs about Oliver to be doing something like that. Yeah, I mean, you would I'm, have to be the, the eye test would have to be like, nah, he's cooked. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't do it if I'm that guy, but you know, maybe it has to be something maybe a little different. Let's say you had a hundred in the bank and doing a dunk with a folk. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that there would be a big enough jump. I'd assume if he's sitting forty eighth, he's probably already got bulk. Yeah, yeah, you'd think so. But those are the sort of things I'm I'm trying to sort of convey, I guess, yeah. All right. Next question. The Damo Express. <laughs> oh, I love this. Hey fellows, Damo here. Geez, the bombs nearly lost his mind dealing with my question last week about liver. Love the passion. Libba. So, to be so clear, he, is he confirming no? So this was the dickhead that thought trading out Libba with a negative break even and that was right up. No, 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 no. Wrong one, wrong oh, one. This well, is sorry, the guy that wanted to dickhead. he wanted to bring Libba in. To be clear, I don't have Libba, but was asking if you thought it was too late to bring him in. So I didn't last week, but now the question remains, is it too late to get him or have oh, I missed the sure. boat? Oh, I have easy. Oliver Cogs, Brayshaw, Rocky Sheed in M three to M seven. That's Pretty nice. If you were going to trade, who would it be and why? Can you read out the players who he wants to trade? Uh, like he's, got, he's got Oliver, Cogs, Brayshaw, Rocky and Sheed. And I have to trade one of them to Libba. Well, if you if you were going to trade, I wouldn't be bringing in Libba now. You missed it. No, you missed oh. it. He's paid 150k, but if he's adamant that one has to be traded, and again, we'll say, we don't want you to trade any of those fellas, I think it has to be Dom Sheed. Yeah, I think you hold this week, and then if Dom Sheed doesn't improve next week, you have a look at trading him then, maybe. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, Cheatham. Uh, Timmy hasn't traded yet. Meningola to Boak or Marshall? <laughs> Boak, come on, man. Ask us a serious question. Uh, Zachary Robinson, worth tra- uh, worth hanging on to Brayshaw, Angus, I assume that is, has held his price but is underperforming. Would it be easy to go to Bont, Zeret, or down to Rocky? Also, thoughts on rolling McCray, Bont, and Libba in the one team. Bont, Zeret, Rocky are three great options, and I would select them in that order if I was bringing them in. I'd probably have Rock Liff. Ahead of Zeret on output, but not injury worry. So that's a good point there. Yeah, yeah hey, I can, agree with you. Can I rewind one question to Menegola? Yeah, we we commented in the preseason about how he loves to play shit teams. You you selected him at the start of the year, knowing he was coming coming up against Collingwood, Melbourne, and like GWS, which on paper started with a pretty tough run. He walks into Hawthorne and West Coast, you know, which could be. You know, some relatively tough games. But after that, he runs into Essendon, North, Dogs, Gold Coast. Like that, that's a good kind of run of fixtures. So Menegola in the watch list is something to kind of do post-round six, I reckon, looking for a forward upgrade because I still think he'll push his average up to around that high, mid to high 90s and border 100 again. Yeah, I wouldn't be moving him. I, I, just I wouldn't trade think... him, yeah. Yeah, nah, yeah. I, and the fact, the reason I wouldn't trade him is because, again, I said it before, have a look at what of all the other forwards have done. There's one forward who's been consistent so far, and that's Spoke. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<laughs> Stringers under 18s. Love the pods, guys. First year player, and thanks to your pods, currently ranked 10,060. Just wondering, sorry, 10,060, 1,060 bonds. Yeah. Just running your thoughts on Butters to stack and Dunkley to any premium forward um, who won't do me over. Doing the trade, well aware that this week's after I trade Dunkley out, he will go on to average 170. So someone who's seeing that high on an average, would you condone maybe going Butters down to get someone like Boak in your team? No, I, I think Butters is the one that you don't trade because, like we said at the top of the pod, Butters with that 20, you got to wait for that 23 to exit his system. And once it does, you'll be selling him for 100k less than what he'll be worth in six weeks' time, in my opinion. Um, if there was someone else you can kind of do that move to, let's say, I don't know, Bailey Scott doesn't get selected, you do it to Bailey Scott, I much prefer you do that to someone like a Parker. Um, then, yeah, I don't mind, you know, going Dunkley to, you know, a boat or, or someone else. But probably just stick fat and hold for this. Yeah, I'm holding, I'm holding both. Yeah. There's no need to do it, I don't think. It's it's one of those ones where you're kind of like looking at chase and points that are gone just to improve your rank. And, yeah, you got to ask yourself what you pay for, what you pay for, what you play for. Um, I was going to do a kind of top five players that you need to target boss but this podcast has gone too long so we'll uh, touch on that again next week Vice what happens when you ask me what happens when you ask me about every bloody player in the well I think it's I think it was kind of pretty relevant that we spoke a lot about these because a lot of the questions that I did skip over had well, to be players uh, yeah fair enough so I probably um, saved you about half an hour by not asking the same question so, yeah, we go. so cap- captain and vice captain so again well, I mean, how do you ignore players like Lockie Neal? How do you ignore players like Paddy Cripps, Jack McRae, um, these kind of sorts? I think Danger will bounce back. It's, I'm sure it's not all too often he has two uh, bad kind of games in a row. Um, it's interesting to see. I mean, I spoke at the top what Brisbane have done to opposition Ruckman at this stage. So hmm, who knows about that one? I know you'll be of the opposite opinion. But, look, I think this week, optimally, if that's a word, um, I'd be it looking is to now. Run. It is now. Um, I'd, I'd be pretty comfortable with running anyone into Paddy Cripps. I think he's a, look. I think he's in better form than Lockie Neal uh, right now, and I think he is a better player than Lockie Neal. And that may be controversial because his super coach points are six points a game down than uh, than Neal. But I think if you can run Neal into into Cripps, you've got the absolute perfect scenario right now. Cripper is the best super coacher in the game right now. There's no question about that. He's better than Lockie Neal. Um, and you know how much I love Lockie Neal. My original one was Neal into Cripps, but I'm going to find it hard to go past Grundy, I think. I think he's going to come up here and feed again. I understand that you're, you're big on what um, Martin's done so far, but I think he's a different kettle of fish, this bloke. I've seen a stat that already that um, he's already surpassed uh, the number one Ruckman spot for most 30 hitouts and 20 possession games of yeah. any player, which was held by Dean Cox. He's 25 yeah. and he's already passed that. The guy's a freak. He's a different kettle of fish. So um, I think I'll be going Grundy into Cripps quite comfortably and it's going to kill me if Lockie Neal, I'm sitting at the game on Thursday and I'm watching Lockie Neal absolutely destroy the pies and haven't captured him. Um, the other thing I need to touch on is, and I spoke about this last week, and I said, you know, half-back flankers against the Tigers. Let's not forget, the Tigers are up against the Swans, and they've probably got one of the... 
They have one of the better halfback flankers and supercoach forwards in the competition. Uh, Jake Lloyd could be just about anything this week. Lucky Whitfield's one that I'm shocked that we haven't had a, a chat about yet either. You know why? Because I'm just I'm so hesitant to say his name because I know the week that I do he'll be tagged and I don't want to jinx the fella. But <laughs> no, no, seriously, he's very taggable, Lockie Whitfield. I can assure you of that. But just they're not paying any attention to him right now. The attention will come. Um, I know I know it will. So that's why I'm I'm very hesitant around that. Um, having a look at the fixtures as well. Who does Matty DeVore come up against uh, potentially in that Fife this week should uh, should Fife be named? So maybe they even give Fife just a week off just to avoid the trauma of playing on Matty DeVore. Yeah, not to mention Hewitt for Sydney. If you've still got Dusty, I don't know. Wait, Dusty? Yeah, Dusty back this week. Yeah, Dusty will um, be back this week. But a couple DeVore has held Merritt to 67 in round one, Yo to 72 in round two, Dusty to 60 in round three. He had Kelly on 28 in the first half on the weekend, and Dangerfield only had 15 in the second half. So, um, yeah, it's, he, he probably is the only relevant uh, tagger, I reckon, in the game. Hewitt, I mean, I'm not too fussed about Hewitt, to be honest. No, Hewitt's good. Who's the – is it Hutchings from West Coast? Hutchings from West Coast. Yeah, that's right. So he'll he certainly go to someone this week. So Who do you think that... he goes to, Boke or Rockliffe? Well, I think you run with Boke just because Rockliffe's just going to stand in the contest. Boke can be a bit more damaging with disposal. So it might be interesting to see what happens there too. All right, before we sign off, the one player that you don't own right now that you wish was in your team? Uh, Jack McCray. And mine is Jake Lloyd. All right, Elitist Community. No, 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 we're not signing off, Corey. We cannot run the podcast without mentioning Sam Walsh. On the week, he's run a nab rising star. He scored 123 points. His average is 96.5, which is two and a half points up on what I thought he'd average on the year. Now, Corey, you want outlandish statements? <laughs> I, I thought we were going to get away with this. You, you want outlandish statements. He may he may average 104 now for the season from this point onwards. Fair and Corey, we may not be upgrading him because he might be worth 772k by the time the year's out, and that's where I'm going to leave it. Uh, do you think there is any chance that we can get to the end of the season where Sam Walsh becomes uh, M, what is it, M9 and is a serious option for a loophole every week? Corey, if he's M9, you'd be disrespecting my team because he's M1. Oh, there you go. All right, ladies, <laughs> on behalf of Bombs and myself, um, <laughs> peace out and thanks for listening. <laughs>